This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Great to have you with me here today. Libby returns on Monday. You may be appreciating your pet, your dog or cat more than ever during the COVID-19 crisis as needed company while we all stay at home. So in that sense, they're taking care of us. But how should we be taking care of them during the pandemic? Dr. Karen Ward is Senior Veterinarian with the Toronto Humane Society, and she joins us here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Dr. Ward, thank you for being with us. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So we've prepared ourselves. We've made sure we've stocked up on groceries, hand sanitizer, wipes, even masks. What should we be doing for our pets during this time? Well, pets are really members of our family, so we should be treating them just the same. So we should be social distancing our pets along with ourselves. Um, we should have a plan for them. And, and that's one of the, the biggest things we're recommending to folks is that if just to identify a friend or a family member who will help care for your pet in the event that, that you become um, become ill. Lots of people are looking at sort of circles where a group of people will get together and all kind of agree to help each other out. Um, we also are encouraging folks to prepare a go bag for their pet. So everything that they need is in one convenient location so that if, if you have any difficulty... Um, providing care that allows somebody else to come in and and do that for you. So uh, food in a closed and wipeable container with instructions um, and a brand, uh, medication with instructions, uh, any other supplies, leashes, harnesses, favorite treats, uh, and a copy of medical records, including recent vaccinations and your veterinary contact information. Oh, that's great. So it's not just a matter uh, in terms of uh, taking care of the situation as it is right now, making sure there's enough food and litter. It's actually thinking about, okay, if I need to go into hospital, God forbid, then somebody's going to be able to come over and take my animal and have everything organized and together. Yeah, and hopefully that won't happen to people, but there's, there's, I think, a lot of comfort in knowing that you have solid plans um, and also that allows you an opportunity to reach out to, to your, your network of friends and family and say, hey, I'll help you if you need help too. Right. Oh, and by the way, if you have a question for Dr. Ward, Dr. Karen Ward, she's with the Toronto Humane Society about your pet care during the pandemic, please give us a ring, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. You mentioned, uh, Dr. Ward, about social distancing with your animals. Uh, we've heard just this last week about the big cats at the Bronx Zoo who've come down with COVID-19. And the thought is that they contracted it from an employee. In light of this, should we be physically distancing with our cats or all animals? What kind of research is out there to suggest we could, if we had it, uh, give, give them the virus? That's a great question, and that's an area of ongoing research right now, and there's a lot of studies that are out in pre-publication, so they're not yet peer-reviewed, but but folks are trying to get that information out there as quickly as possible. Um, A really good resource for people to turn to if they're interested is Dr. Scott Weiss at the Ontario Veterinary College has a blog called Worms and Germs, Um, and if you Google that, um, he is sort of interpreting that data in a very accessible way. 
um, and also uh, sort of a non-inflammatory kind of way. It does a great job of, of making it really easy to understand. But basically, the, the current research is showing that, for starters, I would like to say pets are not playing any epidemiologic role in this outbreak. So there, there's no evidence that animals are giving it to people. Um, that we're still looking into that, but right now there's you know millions of people who've been affected with corona, and your risk is human to human. What we are seeing is that cats are one of the species that look, appear to be able to be infected with um, the coronavirus. Currently, there's only um, there's one natural infection with a domestic cat that was in Belgium, and of course, as you mentioned, those cats at the Bronx Zoo, which um, as of yesterday, uh, the last I heard, those cats are all doing extremely well. The the Bronx Zoo cats. Oh, that's great. And and we were reassured uh, by uh, one of the people, staff at the Toronto Zoo, that none of their employees have the virus and all of the animals so far are safe and, and feeling well. Wonderful. Um, the other thing we talk about is if you are sick and you are isolating from the other family members because you don't want them to get sick, you should isolate yourself from your animal as well. So the time that you're sick is not the time to have your kitty curl up on your bed with you and, and snuggle and kiss them. You should be social distancing from your animal when you are ill. And how do you tell the animal that? Okay. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so I think you want to look at all kinds of uh, enrichment opportunities for the cat. So there's, there's different things that we can do for our cats to make them feel better in the house, be it through games or feeding enrichment. Um, we have a feline training and behavior service at the uh, Toronto Humane Society that you could reach out to for ideas, but different ways to, to keep them sort of mentally busy and happy while, while you're um, sadly distancing yourself from them. So, Dr. Ward, not even patting them while they're on their favorite blanket or like not even you shouldn't have physical contact with them. Is that what you're suggesting? You, you would want to minimize it just like you would for other people in your house. Oh, I see. If somebody okay. else can, if you're in a home where somebody else can care for the animal for you, then great. Have them do that. Um, if you're on your own, just try to you know provide the care, but minimize minimize your handling. Right, love them, but don't you know, don't act as normal because a lot a lot of animals are extremely friendly towards their owners, and like you say, want to curl up, want to sleep in the crook of their neck, and all of that. So it's a time to just take a little bit of a break from that kind of relationship. Yes. We have a popular feature uh, for years now on the Zoomer Radio website, the Pet of the Week. And um, it's an adoption. Uh, it's an adoption, not really a contest, but it's a feature to show one of the animals at the Toronto Humane Society, which is being offered up for adoption. I think right now it's an animal, a husky, looks like a husky named Heinz. Um, is this and a time to be thinking about adoption. Are you encouraging that at the Humane Society? We're, we're absolutely encouraging that, and that is coming from sort of shelter leadership uh, across North America. Is, is this is this is the time for animals not to be in shelters, not to be housed in close quarters with each other, and with people at home. Pets can have a really beneficial impact on human health. They provide companionship. They reduce stress. Um, and with folks being isolating themselves, it is really stressful. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, um, a lot of anger, and it can be really exacerbated by social isolation. So bringing animals into your home and having that sort of unconditional love can be incredibly beneficial for people. So we do think um, it is still a good idea to be looking at adopting a pet if that's something that you are thinking about doing. We only have Dr. Karen Ward for a few more minutes. So if you have a question about your pet or pet care or pet adoption uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, now is the time to give us a ring, 416 360 
1-866-740-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Dr. Ward, how do we go about adopting from the Humane Society during this time of physical distancing? So we, we've changed our adoption protocols now in, effort, in an effort to keep both the adopter safe and our staff safe. So a lot of it is being done remotely. So there's um, video calls and conferencing um, and discussions and trying to meet that animal virtually. Uh, and then just the actual sort of handoff is, is when you come into the facility and you, you, you meet that animal um, face-to-face. But we're doing everything we can to ensure that physical distancing is occurring during that process. So it is different from what we used to do before, but we're, we're still hitting hitting all those same communication points. Okay, so the Toronto Humane Society website will take you through that process. Yes, that should have our most current information. Have there been fewer adoptions as a result of COVID-19? So I would say across North America, adoptions and fostering have, have gone up enormously. So the community has been incredible in stepping up to help shelters. Um, so uh, most of our animals are now in foster homes where they're either receiving medical care or behavioral care or they're available for adoption. So the, the community has just been outstanding and we are so grateful and so humbled by their response to this crisis and, and how much care they've expressed for the animal. If for someone, and I'm thinking about an older person, you know how we see so many and read about so many studies about how animals are so good for elderly people who are living alone and often animals are taken into nursing homes to boost the morale of residents. Um, if if a, an individual is in a situation like that and, and likes the idea of having an animal, do you are you able to um, link up the personalities? So for an older person, maybe they'd like an older, quiet cat uh, just to be around, but not one that's rambunctious or requires a lot, a lot of attention or care? Yeah, that's absolutely part of the adoption conversation is trying to find a good fit between the adopter and the animal because everybody's lifestyle and expectations are different. And there's, there's a, a fit for everyone out there, be it a cat or a dog or a rabbit. Um, so yes, that's, that's absolutely one of the things that we have, we have discussions about to try to make the best possible match. Having so many animals in foster care right now really helps give us a lot of additional information and insight into that animal's behavior in a home, so that can be really helpful. All right, we have uh, someone who wants to ask a question of you um, and doesn't want to share their name, which is fine. It's radio, it's anonymous. Uh, go ahead, caller. I, I want, I've been wondering because a friend of mine is self-isolating. She lives alone, but she walks her dog many times a day, and they meet other um, neighbors who have dogs, and the dogs rub noses and sniff each other. She says the adults stand six feet apart, but the dogs are sniffing each other and, and up close. And I wondered, since this virus first came from, an, from animals, apparently in China, and jumped to humans, can it, it only makes sense to me that animals could recatch it. Okay, thank you for your call. Dr. Ward, can you address those comments? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so again, we're encouraging people to self-isolate with their animals just like we're self-isolating as people. So the recommendation is not to let the animals um, reach out and touch nose-to-nose like that. There has been a lot of research around what kind of animals are um, potentially can get infected with COVID. And currently it looks like ferrets and cats are the ones that would they get infected, they can at least get the virus. Dogs, the studies with dogs are, are less likely to be um, infected um, and they're not transmitting disease to other dogs that there's been any evidence of. So it, they're not as much of a concern as cats, but still with 
we talk about an abundance of caution. So because our understanding of this disease changes very quickly as more information comes online, we're recommending that abundance of caution model, which would mean to keep your dog socially distanced from other dogs. I just have a couple of other questions for you, Dr. Ward, before we wrap up this segment. Uh, If your animal is in distress, if there's some sort of an emergency during COVID-19, what should you do to get your animal the assistance they need? So a lot of veterinarians and ourselves amongst them are doing telemedicine now. So usually you reach out with a phone call or a video conference, and then a a decision is made by the veterinarian to say, yes, I can deal with this remotely, get you medication, get what you need, or no, this is something that has to come and be seen. And then all of the different clinics, and again, ourselves included, have uh, protocols set up to make that as safe as possible for the owner, the animal, and the staff. So emergency care you can still access. And how is that through the Toronto Humane Society website as well? So for us, we are doing emergency care for our own animals, uh-huh. um, all of our animals in foster. And if there are people who don't have the resources or ability to access care themselves, we're doing that on a case-by-case basis. So recently for us, we did an amputation. Um, we had a pyometra surgery, a foreign body surgery. We had a dog with parvo surrendered. Uh, but your own veterinarian, if you have a veterinarian, your own veterinarian already has these systems up and ready. So if you reach out to them, they're the ones who know all about your animal, have that have that background information, and they would be best in the best position to help you. And how many animals do you have at the moment that are that are looking for homes? Oh, what a fabulous question. And I'm so sorry because I don't have that at the top of my mind. Um, I think we have over 270 animals in foster right now. Um, and again, all at varying stages. So some of them for adoption, but I, I, I don't have a number. My apologies. Oh, no worries. I just, I just wondered if you were full or you're half full, what the facility is looking like at this time. The facility itself has less than 30 animals in it. Um, and that is because we have really made, made the community into our shelter. So it, it's through our utilization of foster homes. And the community and the foster parents have been incredible in how they have stepped up to helping care for these animals and really offer them such a wonderful quality of life in a home versus in a shelter. I'd like to end with a a good news story. Um, There was a release that came from the Toronto Humane Society about the donation of all kinds of uh, medical supplies for St. Michael's Hospital from the Toronto Humane Society. Can you tell us about that? We were so happy to be able to do that. Um, so we deal with infectious disease outbreaks kind of regularly in the shelter. It's something that we are always planning for and have supplies for. So we were able to take a lot of those supplies, which are medical quality supplies, and donate them to St. Mike's. And one of the biggest reasons we were able to do that was because our, our volunteers and our supporters stepped up and started sewing cloth masks and things like that for us. We're going to be putting out a request for people to sew cloth gowns so that we're able to donate all of the medical quality, medical grade equipment to the human healthcare professionals who really need it. Um, and in, in, in shelters and in veterinary medicine, we're, we're pretty good at MacGyvering things, so we're, <laughs> we're able to make other things work for us. Oh, very nice. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for your time today. It's been informative, very interesting. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak with you. Dr. Karen Ward is Senior Veterinarian with the Toronto Humane Society. And if you'd like more information on the Zoomer Radio Pet of the Week, go to zoomerradio.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.
Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.